continue with the story of Hannah with her prayer in 1 Samuel 2. We're going to be in the first 10 verses of 1 Samuel 2, and I will read as we begin. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low, he also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries, shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. The word of the Lord. Like many of you, we love musicals at our house. From the Sound of Music to High School Musical to Hamilton, we have immersed ourselves in the songs and the storylines of some amazing shows. I remember one of the first musicals I was able to watch as a child that wasn't animated was White Christmas. In the days when there was no VCR or DVR, you had to catch it when it came on during the year on one of the three television stations available to most households. And I remember thinking that while I loved the dancing and the singing, there was an awful lot of it. And just when the story got good, it would be time for more music. Time for the characters to express their feelings through song. And let me tell you, college students, there was no fast-forwarding to anything to get to what you wanted to next, right? It was all part of the whole. Not complaining, just remembering. Now, we have just begun the book of Samuel, and already the action is stopped. For Hannah to express her feelings about God to everyone who will listen. And she has a lot to say. This is because God has intervened for Hannah, giving her a life-changing experience. And she wants to give him praise. As we saw last week from the first chapter, God heard Hannah's cry for a child when she came to pray to him in the sanctuary at Shiloh. Each year they would come as a family to offer sacrifices, and each year it became more and more painful for her to go with her arms empty and no child. She finally got to a place of surrender and prayed for the Lord to grant her a child that she would then give back to him. 
Her love for Yahweh, her understanding of his gift of life led her to this decision. And this song comes after she has weaned that child and left him in the house of the Lord where he will live. Listen to what she says to Eli the priest about her child, Samuel. I prayed for this child and God gave me what I asked for. And now I have dedicated him to God. He is dedicated to God for life. Our text is known as Hannah's song and offered right after she says these words to Eli as they go into a time of worship. The Israelites often set their prayers to music and Hannah's words could have been part of a hymn that they used in their collection of songs that they would sing as they gathered. We know her family was faithful in worship. And many of the ideas that we see here would have been part of how their community understood Yahweh and and talked about Yahweh. He's faithful to act on their behalf. They are grateful. Later on, this song would be one that Mary, the mother of Jesus, would borrow when it came her time to sing. Here we see Hannah using God's names multiple times, saying more than a dozen things that he has done. She knows him personally. And this song reminds us that no matter what devastation we face in life, God is greater. Nothing compares to who he is and what he can accomplish. So let me just give you a few thoughts as we head into communion. First, she begins by singing about herself. This is her experience with the Lord. She starts with how much she recognizes and acknowledges and wants to give God praise. It's personal with her. When we first met her, she was embroiled in grief. And God met her in that grief and turned it around. He heard her cry and he brought a miracle as she surrendered her will to him. So she extols the God who was generous to her. Notice that she doesn't name her baby Samuel. She doesn't lift him up as the object of her praise. We're mindful of how the gifts we have are not more important than the Lord who gave them. Hannah has to sing because she doesn't have a choice. God showed up and brought restoration to every part of her being. When we first met her, she's weeping. And our last picture of her is singing. Second, the main body of the song, verses 3 through 8, show how God alone has the strength to bring about change. Because he is willing to act on behalf of the powerless. That's you and that's me. That's all of us. This is a song about transformation. It's about a song of how God will transform those who believe in him. Nothing stays the same under his care. Everything we know on this earth is temporary. It can be redeemed by him. Hannah sings of the proud and the humble, the weak and the mighty, the full and the hungry, the barren and the fertile, the poor and the rich. Those who trust in the Lord find their positions reversed because he brings change. He doesn't forget the cries of the needy. 
Hannah is actually singing the most important theme of the book of 1 Samuel, found in 7 and 8. God exalts the lowly and brings down the proud. She's the first character we will see this in. We will see it in Saul. We will see it in Samuel himself and David. Hannah's words remind us that God is not going to allow the world to completely devolve into chaos and darkness. Israel might have been feeling that way. However much it might feel like this in our time, what an important reminder that God has the power to change lives and hearts and nations and communities in all sizes. Those who are his enemies will not win. He will banish all evil one day, but those who trust in him will be lifted up. Three, the defining theme about Hannah here has been her barrenness. And that is a parallel to Israel who is empty at the time. This is the beginning of new life for them, which is maybe why her song is made public. She moves past herself to a general praise for all people, reminding her community of the great thing he has done for her. And that means that he will do great things for them as well. You see, the nation of Israel has been laid low at this time. And Hannah is singing, if God can bring amazing life for me, can he not do that for the whole nation? There is no one holy like him, she says. There is no rock like our God. There is no one besides him. Her story will become intertwined with her community in ways that no one could have seen at the time of this prayer. God is on the move. In verse 10, it talks about giving strength to the king. She could not know that her son Samuel would help to raise up kings and also help to fire them at the word of the Lord. She was speaking before Israel even has a king. So this is a prophetic word. She speaks of the anointed, the one who will be set apart to represent Yahweh, who will save his people Now, we know that Messiah will not be fully expressed until the time of Jesus. So for now, this is earthly kings. Lastly, Hannah has been lifted up. And she believes with conviction that God will do the same for everyone, regardless of their circumstances. So often history is told of people who, famous people, who rise to the top, who pull themselves up by their bootstraps, by their own strength. And Hannah says, no. God, the God of my salvation, the God of my strength, he is the one who did this with his power. He is for all of those like her who are bullied and grief-stricken, who are poor in spirit and full of shame. God meets us who believe that all is lost and helps us. As we see in verse 6, he holds all of life in his hands putting to death our sin and raising us to new life. Today we celebrate that life. There are many times in the Bible when someone stops to sing or to say something about the Lord. It's a break in the dialogue and the action where they could not stay quiet about an experience that they had. So my question for you today is, what is your song? If you wrote a poem 
or words about what God has done in your life, what would it say? How could your recollection give you hope that God is on the move all around you, giving you assurance that nothing is impossible with him? Communion is a time where the regular action of our lives stops. And we engage in a sacred moment with our Lord. We take time out of our daily narrative and we pause for reflection, for celebration, for lament. We speak our need for forgiveness, for mercy, for direction, for wisdom. We give voice to our hope for connection with the living Lord who gives us a reason to sing at every point of our journey. We trust in our Savior to meet us in this time. So I invite you to bring your song. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.